Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence and your spirit, God. We thank you for what we feel. We honor you. Amen. Amen. There are a whole lot of places we could be, but we're here. And we're blessed to be feeling what we feel. There ain't nobody like our God. Amen. Once you turn to like just two or three people and say, I'm so happy to see you. And I guess this is meet and greet. You know, I just feel like doing meet and greet. Amen. Find at least two or three people. Say, I'm happy to see you tonight. question for you. On Sunday night, we all agreed that we'd worship and praise the Lord anywhere we were. Have y'all done that this week? Hasn't it been incredible? Amen. You got time for a quick story? Hallelujah. Yeah, it's been, it feels good to praise God. Pastor took me on Sunday to one of, I mean, the best tri-tip sandwich I ever had. It was so good that on Monday, I went back and got another one. And after the meal, I, we went to the vehicle. I put my girls in the car and my wife in the car. And I just, I don't know if it was a tri-tip or Sunday night, but something got on me. I was like, thank you, Jesus. And when I looked down, there was money right there on the ground. So I thought, man, this is amazing. I've been praising God everywhere I go, let me tell you. Amen. Even if there wasn't no money involved, honey, this is the life. This is the bomb. This is where we're here. We here. There ain't nowhere else I'd rather be. Amen. Can we do it right now with our whole heart? God, we praise you this evening. We worship you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I've got a lesson on my heart tonight that I want to teach. And, and you know, as an evangelist, you have I, I, it, just how it works for me. You feel like God puts things on your heart that have a short-term goal. You know, you got a short-term goal. And there are other times the Lord puts stuff on my heart that just, I'm like, man, are you sure this is for tonight at the right place? And I ask myself and argue, and but I got a long-term goal tonight. And I want the Lord to help. And that don't mean I'm going to take the full 60 minutes that uh, the brother gave me tonight. Amen. I don't mean that kind of long term. I mean like, you know, maybe in a few days or weeks to come when you're just needing a little bit of encouragement, my desire is, and I'll know that I've hit the mark if you reach back into your memory. Remember this night tonight. So is that all right if we just have a lesson and worship God and just enjoy and get to them tacos? All right with you? Praise God. Turning in our Bibles to the second book of Peter. Really the second epistle, I guess, second letter of Peter. We're going to look in the first chapter, verse number 2, 3, and 4. Verses 2, 3, and 4. Man, it reads this way. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ and of Jesus our Lord according as his divine power hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him 
that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Exceeding great and precious promises. Let's also go to the third chapter, the same book, and we're going to start at verse number 9. And it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Then it seems like he just kind of jumps subjects. And he says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with the fervent heat. The earth also, and all the works that are therein shall be burned up. Let's just skip on down for the sake of time to verse number 12. Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Tonight, for a few moments, I want to talk about his promise. I want to talk about his promise. Can we one more time lift our hands and our voices and ask that God will bless us tonight? That'll leave us encouraged and, and trusting in him more than when we came into this house tonight. God, we're your people and we're coming before you, the sheep of your pasture. We've lifted our voice in praise and we're here tonight, God, to hear from you. You've done such a marvelous work in this revival, God, and tonight we're asking and beseeching you that you would encourage every heart and every mind, that you would allow us, God, to get a glimpse of your promise and of your glory. And we'll be careful to give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. You can be seated tonight. Amen. Before I really get to the, the, the heart of what I want to talk to tonight, on the very outset, we must, everybody together has got to get on this page and we've got to agree that in 2022, God still speaks to the hearts of men and women. I can testify that even during this calendar year, I've heard the voice of God talking to me and leading me and helping me and guiding me and shaping and molding me. I, you know, I never, I never, 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 never. I, one of my friends was talking and he said there was a service in which the Lord really reprimanded him. And he said, I'd rather God reprimand me because that means he's still talking. I'm thankful to hear the voice of God in 2022. Be it the preached word of God, an impression in prayer, or just a good word of wisdom that comes from a good elder in the church. Thank God that he's still speaking in 2022. We also have to agree that God is still giving and keeping promises. 
the promises that are written in this book are still as sure as they ever were. The promises that God has spoken to you in prayer are just as sure as they ever, as they ever were. When I was uh, preaching uh, last well a week from yes a week from today. Uh, in this pulpit, I, I said, if God has given you a promise, uh, you can, and I think I said it four or five times, you can take it to the bank uh, because God's word will never fail. Uh, and when I said that, I felt something kind of stir in my spirit. Uh, and, and God brought this to my mind. Uh, if he said it, he'll do it. Uh, and he will bring it to pass uh, because that's the kind of God we serve. In this day, there's a lot of hopelessness, and, and, and that hopelessness sometimes can be tied to a faithlessness in the promises of God. And I want to breathe hope in this day that Job said in Job 14 and 7, that I like this verse, that there is hope of a tree. If it were cut down, that it will sprout again. Again, and that the tender branches thereof won't cease. And in verse number nine, it says, All that tree needs is a scent of water. And in this day, all we need is somebody that can hook up their faith and raise their faith and connect to the hope that we have in God. And let that hope walk with you, let that hope talk through you, and let that hope bring life to somebody else. Said of Jesus that he shall go up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. And this promise was fulfilled in Matthew 1 and 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his, call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. If you ever, 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 ever get into a place where you begin to question the word that God has spoke to you, I want to declare and decree tonight, you've just got to look to the ultimate proof of this promise keeper. He became flesh and dwelt among us. John 1 and 14 says that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth to wit, 2 Corinthians 5 and 19 that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself and moving down to verse 21 for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. I am thankful that he is a promise giver and that he's a promise keeper. I'm thankful for the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. He was able to do it then and he's able to fulfill his promise today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And so we're introduced to this man by the name of Abraham we heard about on Sunday evening. The Lord spoke to him and said, I want you to get up Get out, start moving. Leave everything you know. Boy, you talk about, that, that's a beautiful thing when God reaches for you. If you're here and you're new to Pentecost and new to this, this relationship with God thing that we do around here, not this religious thing. We don't do religion around here. We do relationship with God. If God is reaching out to you and saying, I want you to step into this relationship thing, be thankful because 
because he loves you enough to tell you like he told Abraham, if you'll step out from everything you know, I'll be with you, I'll bless you, I'll bless those that bless you, I'll curse those that curse you. Honey, I will walk with you. Thank God for that. So, And so the Lord began to test Abram, as we heard so capably. And, and I want to zoom in tonight on, on what the Lord told Abraham in this place of testing on Mount Moriah. In verse 20, Genesis 22 and 17, he says that in blessing, I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to multiply you. And I'm going to multiply your seed as the stars of heaven. And as the sand which is upon the seashore. Another verse in Genesis 15 and 5 is another affirming time when, when the Lord spoke to Abraham and he made him a promise. And he said, when it comes to the promise that I've given you, Abraham, I want you to look now, look now toward the heaven and count the stars. And, and, and if you're able to number them, that's going to be the number of your seed Paul writing about Abraham said in Romans 4 and 18, who against, there's this word again, who against hope, he, he, he believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. And for the sake of time, I won't read the whole setting, but in verse 19 it says, or verse 20, that he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was fully persuaded that he that had promised he was able to perform. There are times when everything around us says, I don't think that's going to happen, but we have a God that we can believe in. If he said it, he'll perform it. If he promised it, he'll, has anybody received the promise from God in years gone by? That gives you faith to know he's going to do it today. Oh, clap your hands if you feel that way and thank God for his promise. So, Abraham heard the call of God. He answered the call of God. He built an altar. That altar produced confidence. Even so, there are promises that have been given to the church that Christ returned in the church is the Holy Ghost and his return for the church in the rapture. And in Joel 2 and 23 through 30, and I won't read the whole setting, but the Lord gives a promise to his people and he says about this promise in verse number 30, I will show you wonders in the heavens and in the earth. Heavens and in the earth. In the heavens and in the earth. You see, when it comes to the promises of God, and I'm just about done here tonight, you've got to, when, when you start doubting, you need to look in two places. You need to lift up your head and look in the heavens. For the heavens declare the glory of God. If you ever doubt his ability to fulfill his promise to you, he is able to speak into the heavens and make the stars also. No big deal for him to just speak something into existence. And if he can do that, I know he can do it in me. And if you ever have doubt, you need to just open your eyes and look around you and look in the earth for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You can literally, 
You can literally look at the beautiful mountains that are around us. You can look at a Grand Canyon that sprawls before you. You can look at a mighty river that runs beside you and know that if God can do that with one word, what can he do in my life? What can he do with the promise that he has given me? You got to hang with me because we've got to have this understanding here that everything that we can touch, taste, see, hear, and smell is temporal. If you allow me to use this word, it is fake. And it is given to us so that we can understand the eternal that which is real, that which will last forever. Our lives are so short. Somebody might ask, and I don't understand all of it, and I, I just got a little, little grip on a small revelation, but when it comes to the meaning of life, you know what I think part of the meaning of life is? To understand eternal principles. To understand eternal principles. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made the temporal things even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse it was Satan that went before the Lord and said I think brother Job is serving you for not but brother but Satan was so surprised that brother Job wasn't serving God for what he possessed but he was serving God for what he felt in his heart I am so I am convinced, and I got to be careful, but I, I, I am telling you tonight that everybody that's gathered here, we're not living for cars and things, but we're living for that. We're not living for what we see, but we're living for what we do not see. And I'm coming to the end. So, Brother Abraham, yes, you were told to count the sand, but while you're counting the sand, don't forget to look up and count the stars because I hear the voice of brother Joel telling us that he's going to show us wonders in the heavens and the earth it's important that we look in the earth but it's also important that we look in the heavens and that we look up and that we lift up our heads and see that our redemption draweth nigh is it alright if I count the stars here tonight let not your heart be troubled ye believe in God believe also in me in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you and if I go to prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you unto myself uh, that where I am uh, there he may be also and whither I go the way you know so right if I count the stars here tonight but I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again even so them also which sleep will Jesus in Jesus will God bring with him for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which sleep for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet 
of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with this promise. Comfort one another with this promise. We gotta count the stars. We gotta count the stars. I'm gonna count one more. I know this ain't. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna count the stars. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? We can just take a quick look, very quick look. We see a man who rested on the very breast of the Lord himself, who is known as a beloved, oh, my. A beloved disciple. He finds himself exiled on an island known Patmos. And while his feet are dragging against craggy rocks, while his eyes look out at an endless sea, he's depressed and he's wondering what all this is meaning and he's getting some revelations, but, but, but he's interested. God, why do you have me here? I would ask Brother John, don't just look at the sand, but Brother John, if you look up and count the stars, can you tell me what it is that you see? And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is within and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There's going to be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. We stand together this evening. We can count the sands and know that we're promised healing, but we can look up and count the stars and know there's coming a day when there's going to be no sickness, no death, nor dying. We can count the sand and know the promise of God that every day if the sun rises, there's going to be new mercies. But we can look up and count the stars and know there's coming a day when there's going to be no need for light. For the Lamb himself is going to be the light. We can count the sand and know that our God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. But we can count the stars and know that one day we're going to walk on streets of gold. We can count the sand and know that there's going to be comfort in times of loneliness. But we can also count the stars and know there's coming a 
that day when we're going to forever be with the Lord. We can count the sand and know there's going to be peace in troubled times, but we can also look up and we can count the stars and know there's coming a day when that nail-scarred hand and that beautiful thumb of God is going to reach down to these eyes and wipe every tear from our eyes. I just wanted to give somebody hope tonight that while you're counting the sand, I think it's time for you to look up. Lift up your hands. And when your faith gets a little weak, you can hang on to something called hope. Get a firm grip. I don't see how this is going to work out, but I'm going to count the stars. Yeah. Is it okay if I read one more setting scripture and I'm going to end? Hebrews, the sixth chapter, verse 17. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel confirmed by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth, which entereth into that within the veil. Wasn't a short-term goal tonight, a powerful altar call, but it was just a goal. I don't know what's around the next bend, and, and I don't know what 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 situations may be facing you during this revival. But thank God for the promises we have here on earth. But even more than that, thank God for the promises that are eternal. Thank God for the. You know, if God, and, and we read that He did this when He was. When he became flesh, he was moved with compassion and healed them all. But, but even those that were healed in their bodies at one point met death because it's a point when the man wants to die. But when you start counting the stars, you recognize there's an eternal healing of the consequences of sin. And that's when you get access to eternal life. And I'm thankful tonight, not only for the promises here on earth, but I'm thankful for the promises that I see in the distance. Praise God. Boy, this is no way to end a, this is no way to end a Bible lesson, but all I can think about right now are them tacos. You know you're thinking about them tacos too. Y'all looking at the time, wishing for the shot clock. Amen. Maybe we'll do that next Sunday. But you know how I think we should end tonight? You know how I think we should end tonight? We're just going to stay in our pew just for a few moments. And I think we should just lift our hands and thank God for the promises that he's given us here on earth. The word that he spoke to you during this revival. The word that he gave you about your children, about your husband, about the situation that you're enduring right now. And also thank him for the promise of eternity. Can we do that right now? I don't know. The band can just play a good song. Singers, you can join us. Lead us right now in just thanking God for his promise. Let's take a moment right now and somebody just reclaim it right now and say, God, I know you meant it for me. I'm not going to stagger at the promise that you've given me, but I want to thank you.
tonight, Jesus, for every word that you've spoken, every word you've given. If you're somebody in this house seeking for the Holy Ghost, it's a promise. Just thank God right now for the Holy Ghost. Just lift your hands and thank God for the Holy Ghost. God, it's your promise, and I know you're not going to fail me. You're not going to fail me, and I'm not going to stagger at your promise. Tonight, God, I thank you for what you're going to do in my family. And I can't see it yet, but I'm going to thank you for what you're going to do in my life. Is there a young man who feels the call of God on you that might have made some mistakes, but you know God has called you, and you know he wants to just thank him for that. God, I know you're going to use me. I know you're not going to fail me, Jesus. I'm still in your Just lift your hands right now and thank you for that promise. Really mean it. We're not going to be all night. We just want to thank God for your promise. 